Welcome to the Freudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud that impact people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC, and we are just days away from what will be one of the most unusual holiday shopping seasons in our lifetimes. Or if you have heeded the warnings from retail experts, you already know we are in the midst of a second holiday season when supply and demand are not in sync. And more people than ever are turning to online marketplaces to help Santa deliver the goods. 2020 and 2021 have seen record levels of identity fraud. A lot of it related to shopping online. And before you throw your laptop or mobile phone out the window and vow to never shop the internet again, very little of that fraud is cybersecurity related. Most of it is related to cyber criminals using good old fashioned scams and maybe taking advantage of a few of our own bad habits to trick you into buying something that is too good to be true because it isn't. Joining us to talk about how you can protect yourself and your holiday haul from the Grinches that want to steal little Cindy Lou Who's gifts and roast beast is Julie Ferguson, the CEO of the Merchant Risk Council and the ITRC's own CEO, Eva Velasquez. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thanks, James. I'm super excited to be here. I am too. It's so good to be talking with, I, I feel like it's old home week, having James and Julie and having this conversation. I love it. Well, I guess I should probably mention then that Julie and I both are former chairs of the ITRC, and um, it is a little bit like a old home week. Um, um, Julie, before we get too far down this path, uh, tell us a little bit about the Merchant Risk Council, what you do, and, and, and how that group helps um, businesses protect themselves, and how that might relate to consumers. So the MRC is a nonprofit association for e-commerce merchants. And it's really a place where they can collaborate and share best practices around education, um, around learnings of what the new fraud trends are, what the new payment methods are, and really to stay abreast and current of what's going on. Um, it's really the who's who of e-commerce. We have members such as Amazon, um, Best Buy, Walmart, uh, we have, uh, we're global in nature, so we have many merchants over in Europe as well as APAC, including uh, companies like Alibaba and TikTok. So uh, we really look at that whole global view of e-commerce. Well, uh, since you've opened the door, um, what is it that you're seeing uh, this year that maybe is a little different from the past? Or maybe it's not different at all, we're just seeing it at a different scale. So the, the, the one scam that seems to get everybody at Christmas time is when you see ads for things that are on your shopping list that are priced really aggressively and you think, oh my gosh, I've never heard of this retailer and it might be through an ad on a social media platform or it might be via an email and you think, oh, I'm, I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna go ahead and risk it because this price is just great. So that's kind of been the traditional um, scams of just, having very good price incentives. The thing that's a little bit different this year is we're already starting to see ads 
for things that um, are having challenges with in the supply chain. So things that you might not be able to get normally that are or just taking a little bit longer. And because people are already starting to get that desperation for the Christmas gifts of, oh my gosh, you know, little Cindy Lou needs that pair of, you know, let's say roller skates and the exact brand is hard to get and because of supply chain. So now we're seeing the fraudsters go, huh, this is hard to get. So people are likely to lower their defenses and make those purchases. So what I always recommend to everybody is if you're purchasing from a retailer that you don't necessarily recognize their name, a quick Google search will typically come up if it is a scam showing you that that retailer is fake. Um, so it, it's okay to buy from retailers you may not know, but just do a little bit of research. If you're using one of the marketplace platforms, you can check to see how long they've been in business and how many sales that they've had. If somebody's brand new and only been in business a couple of weeks and they've only got, you know, 10 reviews, chances are it's not a safe place to shop. So really do your homework and especially if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Eva, that certainly squares with what we've talked about over the years at the <laughs> ITRC. And, you know, and right now we're seeing this, this Google voice scam, which impacts both consumers and businesses because it's people who are trying to take over someone's Google voice account they're using in their small business and turn around and sell something to a consumer, but it is never delivered. So they lose their money, they lose their identity information, and the business person loses a sale. You know, before I jump into more of the particulars of, of the Google Voice scam, and you're right, it, it leads right into this because it is really taking advantage of individual sellers and small businesses on these various marketplaces. So maybe folks that um, aren't, you know, professionals in the the e-commerce ecosystem, and they're, they're, they're telling folks, uh, you need to verify yourself. And uh, I, I'm a, you know, the, these individuals have listed something on one of these various marketplaces, something for sale and telling folks, hey, I'm a, I'm a potential buyer, but I need you to verify yourself. And what's interesting about it is that it's playing on emotions. And Julie touched on this, talking about there's now even the, at Christmas time every year, there's this heightened sense of, of desperation and this fear of missing out. And so we do let our defenses down and we tend to react a little bit more emotionally. And so I think it's important to let people know, look, as savvy as you may be, people who maybe even have a background in this space, when we let our emotions make decisions for us, the scammers just really love that because our emotional brains just are not good at logic. They're not good at making, uh, good decisions about what is my actual risk? Do I want to give this information away? And, and we just go ahead and engage. So I always, in addition to all of the points that Julie made about doing your homework, which is what we always tell folks, um, also, you know, take a deep breath, step back and try to do something that engages your logical brain, do a math problem. I don't know anything that doesn't, that gets you out of that emotional state. So you can think about the action that you're about to take. And again, the Google voice scan, these scammers are playing on emotions and they're playing on your desire to prove that you're reputable and that you're legitimate. So they tell you, hey, I'm gonna send you this code to verify that you are a legitimate seller. And we automatically react and say, oh yes, I am. I, I, I'll be happy to do that. 
So when the code is coming through from the platform, it's, a, it's an MFA code. It says right on the message that you're receiving, do not share this code with anyone. But we override that and say, well, but I have to share it because I have to verify that I'm a legitimate seller. And so they go ahead and share the code, which then opens the door for the thief to essentially hide their tracks. And uh, they, they attach their phone line to that legitimate person's Google voice so they can go out and do all of these other nefarious activities and it can't be traced back to them. That, that's a real basic explanation of it. But I think the key piece there is Remember too, in addition to doing your homework, don't make logical decisions when you're in that emotional state. Julie, you, you, you rattled off a list of some very reputable businesses that you, that you are, are members of your association. And a, a lot of in this marketplace where we are right now in, the, in this, this time when people are desperate to get items that they, they, they want or they think that they need, you know, they're going to non-traditional places or at least uh, the scammers are hoping they'll go to non-traditional places because a lot of time the, the criminals are sitting there waiting for them. But there are other kinds of sites too that can be problematic. And, and you mentioned in our, in our previous discussion, triangulation fraud. Talk about that and talk about how that is something where consumers can find themselves uh, in trouble. Yeah, so triangulation fraud is one that's been around for a long time, but it does extremely well over the holiday period. And basically on auction sites, you will see that exact product that you're looking for. So you're look, you see that game station, it's the right version, and it's actually typically a legitimate price or maybe slightly less, but it's not a too good to be true. It, it just, it looks pretty legit. And what is really happening within the triangulation scheme is you're placing that order and the criminal is taking the money out of the auction site and then using your stolen credit card number that he stole from you to order the product or not your credit card number. He's using somebody else's stolen card number and he's shipping the product to you and he's had you pay like via ACH, via cash. So you as the consumer have sent the money over, the crook cashes cash out, then they're using a stolen credit card to ship you the goods. And then a couple of weeks later, you get a call from law enforcement saying, hey, it looks like you might have some stolen goods. And so that, that game system that you might've bought, now they're gonna confiscate and return back to the merchant. So it's really important when you're ordering online on these auction sites that again, you're checking out the seller. And I always encourage people over the holiday times Maybe use your credit card because it has a lot more consumer protections um, than ACHing some cash over. That's a great point. And I know that was one of the things that, uh, that you had mentioned earlier. And also, Eva, this is something we talk about, and that is the, 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 the more digital banking or, or the peer-to-peer -peer payment kind of uh, systems that are, are very popular today, especially with with um, uh, digital natives who you know, mm -hmm. don't have a bank, don't want a bank, uh, or, or they would rather have the immediacy of being able to, to grab their phone, pay their buddy. Um, that also opens themselves up to some, some fraud at time to time, and you don't have the same protections. Is that correct? Exactly. And that is one of our, our safe holiday shopping tips as well as use a credit card if possible. I, I think that particularly digital natives, 
um, but other folks as well, we've gotten so used to all of these various, I, I hesitate to call them alternative payment platforms or payment systems because they're not, they're pretty ubiquitous, but uh, the, the peer-to-peer payment systems, the, the Venmos, the Zelle, um, and even cryptocurrency payments, people are engaging in them uh, a lot more regularly, but they don't realize you do not have the same level of protection that you do with your credit card. With your credit card, yes, you can do a chargeback. You can contact the company and say, I never received the goods, or um, there's a mechanism in place and you have those protections. People need to realize this is just like handing over cash. When you send it through a peer-to-peer payment system or through these cryptocurrency transactions, you are paying in cash and you can't recover that most of the time. It's not going to happen. So by all means, if at all possible, use a credit card. And young people who want independence, especially the teenagers that are out there who don't have credit cards, this might be you know, something to talk to mom and dad about. about you want to buy your own presents. Um, that's totally fine. Work out something with mom and dad so that you can use their card and give them the cash. You're a lot safer than, than using your, your Venmo account, uh, especially if you're shopping with unknown retailers and in the marketplaces. Yeah. And, and, you know, we even talk about, um, with some of the regulators about those, those person to person payments, um, you know, now that retailers are starting to accept those as a form of payment, what, what consumer rights should there be, right? So, that, mm-hmm. so they're certainly looking at that market, but right now you're absolutely right. It needs to be treated as cash. The other one that's kind of emerging um, is something called buy now, pay later. And that is, you can say, I'm gonna buy it now, but I have three, pay, three, three payments to spread it over. Um, and where, where you need to be careful is there's often a third party that you're giving a lot of uh, your consumer information to, maybe your part of your social security number, or your whole social security number, because you're basically extending a little line of credit. So just make sure, again, that that's a legitimate player in the market as well. Julie, we've up to this point, we've talked almost exclusively about consumers and how they need to be protected themselves. What about small business people? I mean, there's, there's more small businesses than there are big businesses. What does a, what does a merchant need to be aware of at this time? I think the, the best thing a small merchant can do is make sure that they're delivering a very clear email receipt with a very clear, how do you contact customer service, what the return policy is, um, so that consumers aren't confused and make sure that the charge on the the credit card statement is a very clear descriptor. So a lot of merchants are now putting in their merchant name or the name of the product that consumer's buying plus a 1-800 number. Um, So we really encourage that. That way, if the consumer is confused, they can actually call the merchant and resolve it. The number one form of fraud that um, merchants are seeing on any size that any size that we're taking a look at, small, medium, or large, is now this term called friendly fraud or first party misuse, where the consumer's calling claiming fraud because they saw a weird charge on their card and they have no idea what the descriptor means. And that happens, especially when small merchants are selling through marketplaces, it might have you know, a name of, a, of the marketplace and some numbers, but it doesn't have anything to do with what the consumer actually purchased. Well, I'll say here, here on the transparency, I think that helps everybody involved. It helps the, the small businesses and it helps the consumers 
to understand what they're looking at, because that is something that we get a lot of, um, we get a lot of communication from the public is you tell me to review my statements, but I can't make any sense of them half the time. You know, it doesn't, I don't even know what half of these things are for, especially during the holiday season, unless you're keeping track of every single purchase, which we encourage people to do, but that gets really hard. So I, I applaud um, having businesses put put a, a strong descriptor and their 800 number so that someone can get in touch with them. Yeah. And there's a lot of new products out there in the marketplace where you're actually going to be able to see your receipt from your purchases. Um, there are there are many, for example, um, on my American Express, I can now see my Apple receipts and, and, you know, Amazon on the Amazon card is a direct link to the Amazon receipt for what you purchase. So, so the market is definitely starting to play catch up and making it easier, but um, there's still a little bit of work to be done there. Yes, there are supply chain issues. Yes, there's a lot of products that are in limited supply or may not even make it, you may order it now, but it won't make it by the holidays. But that doesn't mean every merchant who, who, you know, posts a product that's in demand, it, it, they may have it. So what, what does somebody need to do to make sure they're dealing with that legitimate business who has that legitimate product, it's in their inventory, they have the right to sell it um, versus just a, a, some sort of a fake site or a criminal site where they're just trying to get your money and your your information. How does a how does a consumer really know the difference? Mine is just to take a look. If you know the merchant brand, um, make sure you're at the right URL, right, the right domain in that in that bar up on top of the browser, and do a Google search. If you don't know the name of that merchant, um, you can usually find a, a reference in the Better Business Bureau, or if they're a scam, <laughs> you'll see lots of stuff. Yeah, Julie took the words right out of my mouth. Both both doing your own homework, checking Google, and and even you know if you put in the the search, not just the name of the merchant, you could put scam or complaints to help elevate that type of so that you're not just getting various websites from that same merchant. When you look at reviews, uh, third parties can be great. So Better Business Bureau, even Yelp, but. Also make sure that when you're looking at reviews that it is a third party, because I've seen a lot of consumer confusion around the reviews that are posted directly on the website and look like they're, they're have all these great reviews, but that doesn't necessarily mean those are legitimate reviews. So you want to look at a third party website for those reviews. Any, any closing thoughts here on what people need to do to protect themselves this holiday or any other time? So for me, it's just simply trust your instincts. If it sounds too good to be true, or there's a little funny feeling in your stomach, even though you're excited, you know, remove that emotion like Eva talked about and use your, your logical side. Um, trust your instincts, you're usually right. And, and I would just say, yeah, the take a deep breath, think before you click, give yourself five minutes, and also don't overshare. To, you know, to Julie's point, there may be some circumstances, if you're, if you're going to take advantage of these making, you know, payments where you, you might need to give additional information, but if you're paying with a credit card, no legitimate retailer needs to get both of your, your credit card information and your social security number or other identifying information like that. That's a huge red flag. So walk away. Eva, Julie, thank you for joining us today. 
You can learn more about the scams that impact your identity, privacy, or security, or get help if you have been the victim of an identity crime by visiting the ITRC's website at idtheftcenter.org. Be sure to join us next week for our weekly Breach Breakdown podcast and next month when we look back to see how well we did with our 2021 predictions. We'll also take a look ahead at what to expect in 2022. That's on the December episode of The Fraudian Slip. Thanks for listening.